You are Locked On Clemson, your daily podcast on the Clemson Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Tiger Nation, what is up? Welcome to the Locked On Clemson Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day, that's right, five days a week, it's a daily glance into Clemson Athletics, including the number one team in college football, which is taking on the number four team in college football this week in the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. So much to get to and break down throughout the week. Going to get into some Heisman discussion, though, to kick things off and discuss where Trevor Lawrence currently sits in the odds. He has fallen back, and I'm going to tell you why and answer all the questions you have about why Trevor Lawrence is no longer the Heisman frontrunner. And then it's Tuesday, Tiger of the Week, and it's no surprise. Let's go to DJ Uwe Angole. Yes, the freshman quarterback from California, balled out on Saturday with 342 passing yards against Boston College, and he's getting the start against the Fighting Irish this week. And we'll take a little bit dive into who he is, what he's about, and discuss what he's doing on the football field as well. And then wrap things up with just some thoughts about where the team is in terms of health. Going to get some updates here soon and let you know more about what's going to happen throughout the week with uh, different schedules. Just kind of get caught up on what's going around Clemson football. I'm your host, Brad Sinkoff. You can follow me on Twitter, and I ask that you please do. At Brad Sinkoff, that's S-E-N-K-I-W. Yes, DJ, I can relate to all the weird pronunciations of your name. And I've been a member of the media for nearly 15 years. I am co-host of the Press Box on 105.5 The Roar in Clemson, the flagship station. And I write at allclemson.com where I'm the deputy editor, so go check that out. Let's dive right into the first topic at hand, and it involves the Heisman Trophy. Let me start off by saying this. I really care about the Heisman Trophy. I don't know why. It's more, I guess, nostalgic. You know, it was that thing that I had to watch every, you know, second Saturday in December. I wanted to know who it was going to be. I I wanted to watch the ceremony. I wanted to hear all the cool stories about all the candidates and, you know, just just enjoy uh, what to me was or has been a really, really prestigious award. Now, has some of the prestige worn off of that trophy over the years? I think so, and I think some of that was the Reggie Bush saga, having to give it back, uh, maybe some guys who won it that really just some years you're just like, ugh, who are you going to give to really have to give it to him? I mean, that that happens every once in a while. And then also just it's become such a quarterback-centric award that you're not really going throughout the year saying, okay, there's 10, 12 guys who can win this. No, there's usually about three. You know, maybe maybe four uh, in, in some seasons. But generally, you're just trying to pick the best quarterback on the best team. And that's who you pretty much know is going to win the Heisman. But still, it means something to me. I still think it's an award that brings a lot of, of debate and discussion throughout college football season. And that's what college football is for me. That's why I do what I do. That's why I got into this business. I love to discuss and debate college football. And the Heisman Trophy, there, there's no more um, controversial at times uh, topic out there than who's going to win it. And right now, right now, there's a lot of discussion in Tigertown. A lot of people are upset at what happened in the odds over the weekend. Essentially this, Trevor Lawrence didn't play. 
on Saturday against Boston College. He was the leader at plus 125 going into last week. He was the front runner in the odds. This was on betonline.ag. After the game, after all the games on Saturday, when the new odds started to come out Sunday and into Monday, all of a sudden Trevor Lawrence was no longer the favorite. He fell back to plus 225. And while that happened, it allowed two other players to move in front of him. One of those being Justin Fields, the Ohio State quarterback, who's played a whopping two football games. So Trevor Lawrence has played six football games. Justin Fields has played two football games. And now Justin Fields, who was the offseason Heisman favorite by just a a small margin over Trevor Lawrence, uh, moved back when the Big Ten first canceled. And then when he came back, he was still in the mix, but he was a little bit farther back. Now he is the leader along with Mac Jones from Alabama. They're both plus 150. So Trevor Lawrence goes from plus 125 to plus 225 on the odds. Meanwhile, Justin Fields and Mac Jones leap ahead of him, and they're tied at plus 150. Why? That's the question I keep getting. I've been hearing this since this came out on Sunday. Why is, is Trevor Lawrence falling back? Well, first off, you have to remember, these are numbers, okay? These are odds. This is the sports book. This is, these are odds makers. They are not college football analysts, per se. They are not um, trying to start controversy. This is not a slap in the face to Trevor Lawrence. This is simply a money move. More money is coming in on Fields and Mac Jones than it is on Trevor Lawrence. If money was still pouring in on Trevor Lawrence, they would adjust the odds much differently. But a lot of people are off the Trevor Lawrence bandwagon, and I, I get it. Like I think they're wrong, but I, I get what they're doing. They're saying, well, nobody's going to see this guy play for three weeks. He didn't play against Boston College. He's off uh, or next week with a, with a bye. So the Notre Dame game in between, he's not playing that one either. So that's three consecutive weeks that no one in college football will see him play. Meanwhile, while he built such a big lead on the other candidates, they now can catch him. This is the reasoning, okay? This is this is my thought process. Do I think Trevor Lawrence can win the Heisman still? Absolutely. In fact, it's a lot juicier right now to get to plus 225 than it was at plus 125. You're almost doubling your odds by doing so. So it, it would be a financially wise move. Now, can Justin Fields win it? is a bigger question. And the answer to that is unknown because we don't really truly know how many games Justin Fields is going to play. We just don't. We know they're scheduled to play nine. The problem with that is the Big Ten's strict protocols, Justin Fields may never come down with COVID-19. No one on his team may come down with COVID-19. But the other team they play could be ravaged and go over that 5% threshold, and then all of a sudden they got to shut down for a week, and they don't get to play. And there's no way to make it up. It's just a pure cancellation as what happened this past week with Nebraska and Wisconsin. So that's just the that's the reality of it. So if you think Justin Fields is going to win the Heisman, you're thinking he's going to play all nine games. He's going to need to play all nine games, in my opinion, to win the Heisman. And that's a very risky proposition. Mac Jones is actually the better bet. Mac Jones continues to sling touchdowns everywhere. And Alabama is going to stay in the news. They continue to to um, lessen the gap between them and Clemson in the voting. And in fact, 
Clemson's not going to lose number one if they if they beat Notre Dame. They're just not. Um, and if they, you know, even if they win by like a point or two, they're, they're going to beat the number four team in the nation. But you best believe if they lose to Notre Dame, Alabama quickly leaps to number one in the polls and stays there for quite a while. This is without Jalen Waddle. He's still throwing touchdowns. Mac Jones is 16 on the year. Trevor has 17. Mac Jones has now played the same number of games as Trevor Lawrence to this point in the season. So he's the guy that I would keep a closer eye on than even Justin Fields. And uh, there was better value on Mac Jones before this week. The value is probably off of him, but he's the guy I'm keeping an eye on. Look, the biggest thing that hurts Trevor Lawrence for the Heisman Trophy is missing the Notre Dame game. This is the marquee game in the entire conference. This is one of the marquee games in the entire football season. We're not going to get number one versus four very often this year. So this is one of those moments where you you need a good, strong opponent. You need to win the game. You need to put up some solid stats, quote-unquote Heisman moments. I, I, can't, I can't stand that phrase. I don't necessarily believe in it. But he's not going to get that here. And that's a problem for Trevor Lawrence. And that ultimately could cost him. I still think he can win it. But it just got a whole lot more difficult. And it's not even his fault. He got COVID-19. Coming up next, let's take a look at DJ Uyangle, the man filling in for Trevor Lawrence this week against the Fighting Irish. One more about him, his family, his personality. There is going to be a ton of football on this week. Maction is back. The NFL continues on. There's just so much to take in and enjoy. Why don't you do that? Why don't you take a little break? Hit the off button for a little bit. Reset with a ice-cold Coors Light. It's the best way to enjoy football. It's how I enjoy football, and I recommend you do the same. It's just literally made to chill. I mean, that's why it was invented. It's cold lagered, cold filtered, cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It's the perfect moment to unwind, watching some football, drinking on a Coors Light, and... There's nothing better than just sit back, cracking that first one open, and just know that it's time to chill. And just turn off for a little bit. You've been going hard all day long, all week long. Give yourself a break. Relax a little bit. Coors Light is the one that I choose when I want to hit the reset button. Reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look. Delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Tuesday Tiger of the Week, no big surprise here. DJ Uwe Angole. Yes, get used to saying that name. It really took me the entire offseason. I mean, I practiced it over and over again from about February or March until, I'd say, it took me until probably about late September before I felt like I nailed it, like I finally had it for good. Yeah. It's it's not an easy one. DJ Uyangole, and he talked about that this week. He met with the media and got a little insight into who he is, learned more about him. And the thing that, that was I thought was entertaining was he was asked, what's the craziest pronunciation that you've ever heard? And and I this was straight up my alley. My last name is extremely difficult to pronounce. Pronunciation is not how it's spelled, so I understand DJ's pain. And he said the one that he just he could not wrap his mind on how somebody came up with this. They looked at his name and they spe- and they they pronounced it Wiggly Lee. <laughs> he didn't he didn't much care for that. He he was not a big fan of being called Wiggly Lee. Uh, so I'm not gonna call him that to his face. Anytime in his Clemson career, 
Uh, but certainly, I, I can relate to to hearing some off-the-wall stuff. But Uyangalale is the man right now. 342 passing yards, completed 73% of his throws against Boston College, threw two touchdowns, ran in another touchdown, and did throw an interception. He led Clemson from an 18-point deficit to a victory, 34-28, saving their undefeated season. And now, congratulations, buddy. You get to go to South Bend and take on a really, really good and sound, technically sound, fundamentally sound, Notre Dame defense. And this will be a huge test for the true freshman on the road. But this is why he came to Clemson. This is why he plays college football. This is why he got into athletics. In fact, he talked a little bit about the importance of his family on his role in athletics. And if you watched any of the game on Saturday, ABC kept cutting to his dad and his mom over and over again. Big Dave, Big Dave Uyangale. He is a character and a lot of fun. And that, to me, was one of the best moments of the game on Saturday because you really got to see like their, their reactions, their their real reactions to seeing their son do this. Remember, they've never seen this before. Right? Trevor Lawrence's parents, they've seen him throw all kinds of touchdowns. They've seen him win a national championship. They've seen him go to the college ball playoff. They've seen all that. Seen him win ACC titles. DJ's parents are, are living this for the first time. All their hard work, all their effort, everything they did and sacrificed to allow their son to get him to practices, to allow him to play sports, to put you know put the pressure on him to work hard. Everything they've done as parents when it comes to a star athlete, they're they're reaping those rewards now. They're seeing it with their eyes and they're loving it. And I think it was one of the, the most uh, cool moments of Saturday's game. In fact, here's what DJ had to say about his family. I mean, definitely. I mean, my mom and dad have played a huge role. I mean, probably the biggest role in my life. I mean, just the countless sacrifices they've made just to take me to different practices. Uh, when I was a kid, I remember taking me to, like, baseball practice, taking me, take me like an hour there, hour back. Uh, the school, I remember uh, waking me up for school and then um, going to high school. I mean, they didn't take me to high school, but I rode with a coach and then Coach Diaz. They made the sacrifice. Uh, that it would take me it took me an hour and a half to get to school every day and then take an hour and a half to get back or just different stuff I know it was hard for them like paying for different training stuff paying for like travel ball football and stuff like that some days you know it wouldn't be a lot to eat sometimes but they always make it work because they always want me and my brother to just uh, be able to pursue our athletic career and just whatever they want they always want to be there for us and they would make sacrifices that, that they would do for us that I know uh, a lot of people want to do you hear the appreciation in his voice, a young man realizing what his parents have done for him and how hard they worked to help him get to this point in his life and now his career, really ready to take off at the collegiate level. He's not going to get any more starts after Trevor Lawrence comes back, barring any sort of injury or other issues, but he's certainly uh, carving out a role with the fans and kind of just giving everybody a glimpse into the future. He's going to be the starting quarterback when Clemson opens up against Georgia next season, and I think after... The game against Boston College, I'm going to predict a little bit, I think after the Notre Dame game this weekend, Clemson fans are going to realize they're in really, really good hands for a long time at the most important position on the football field. In terms of DJ's personality, you know, he talked about his dad gets a lot of text messages, and his dad is very flamboyant, Big Dave. He just, he's, just the, he's the life of the party, and he was having a good time in the stands there during the game on Saturday, and so DJ was asked about that. He said, do you like the... Do you like the spotlight? You know, do you do you like the attention, like your dad? And he said, "Oh no, no, no." He said, "I'm much more like my mom. Uh, doesn't want to have anything to do with the spotlight." So 
just a different kind of guy. You know, he's Amari Rogers, wide receiver, talked about DJ. Said he's he is sort of the stereotypical California kid. Like he's just kind of laid back and chilled, and you know, just wants to wants to have a good time, wants to go play football, and doesn't really get rattled, doesn't really get nervous, just enjoys himself. And he's doing that right now with this football team. Uyangale has already carved out uh, his own little niche here on this team. It has been really a, a guy I think the guys in the locker room tend to like. And there was an Instagram video from Amari Rogers then playing the Go DJ song by Lil Wayne in the background uh, in, the, in, in the locker room. And haven't heard that yet at a Clemson game. I can't believe that. This is an incredibly missed marketing tool and opportunity. Uh, I would expect at some point on the football field you're going to hear that song being played. But uh, DJ did go, and he, he took Clemson with him to that win on Saturday. He also talked about his nicknames, and, and Amari Rogers said they've got nicknames all over the locker room for him, but the one that he prefers, one he goes with the most, Big Cinco. He wears number five, has, has worn number five for a long time, and uh, got called Cinco for a while, and then it turned into Big Cinco, and he, he, he liked it. He did. He started using it as his hashtag. And he got a chain made. Uh, so that that's that's how he... That's how he's identified for the most part now is Big Cinco. And that is your Tuesday Tiger of the Week. Coming up next, going to let you know about kind of the weird schedule and get an idea of how you're going to get news this week coming out of the Clemson football program. I also want to tell you about Built Go. Whatever your wall is, I know for me sometimes it's sort of just getting to the end of the day. You know, you, especially with the sun going down early now. You know, you, you're you're trying to power through the last two or three hours of your work day, or maybe you got to get home and get the kids ready for bed or feed them dinner, and just you needed that energy at like four or five o'clock to help power you through. That's where Build Go comes into play. Build Go is made by the same folks who do the tremendous Built Bar, the world's fastest growing protein bar, and now Build Go is going to help you get through anything, whether it's the back nine on the golf course whether it's that last afternoon presentation, you're trying to nail it, you can put it in your bag. It's a 1.5-ounce package, and it helps you get over that mental and physical wall every single day. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling, and it's natural, so it's good for your body. It's like drinking a monster drink, but a third of the caffeine and just simply better results. Great flavors like peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. It's got the uh, energy gel with the collagen protein in it. It's got all kinds of great things to help ignite your your work or your workout. And then it keeps you going strong with the B6, the B12. It promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. The stuff literally makes you look better. I think I know I need that. So go to BuiltGo.com today. Use LOCKED in the promo code 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED, 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Let's wrap up this episode today with uh, kind of a look around Clemson football, what's going on this week. For those of you who don't know, Clemson is off today. It is election day. Hopefully everybody out there is going to vote and have their voice heard. And the NCAA decided it wanted to make sure that student athletes had that opportunity. So it mandated a day off in, in college football, in soccer, in whatever sport the NCAA has We're going on right now in the fall. None of those student-athletes can do anything team-related on this election day. So, instead, uh, that means everything had to get moved up and moved around. So, here's what Clemson did. They moved their Monday to their Sunday. That meant Clemson came off the football field on Saturday 
afternoon about man, it was a little bit before four o'clock. They were back on the practice field on Sunday, and Amari Rogers said they were a little sore, a little tired. He said it took a bit, maybe a little bit longer to get going in practice, but they they held their Monday practice on Sunday. Then on Monday they held their Tuesday practice, and this rearranged the schedule, and there was no availability for Brent Venables and Tony Elliott here in the middle of the week. So I went ahead and just scrapped that. Look at doing that on next week because uh, they had to work on Monday when they're normally with the media. They're game planning and getting ready for their Tuesday practice. It's very confusing. All right, so then on Tuesday, today, Election Day, Clemson is off. No team-related activities. The players cannot be there. They cannot be on the practice field. It is mandated by the NCAA. And then uh, after that, they can resume on Wednesday. So then Clemson will be back on their normal schedule. Their Wednesday practice, one of the most important of the week. In fact, I would go ahead and call it their most important practice of the week, will be on Wednesday. So they'll at least uh, have that going for them. This was a decision that at the time I think sounded, you know, good, uh, you know, encouraging young people to go vote. I don't know why you would discourage young people to go vote, but I think the NCAA just really didn't take everything into account when they made this decision. I mean, let's be honest. It feels like a it feels like a political move. You know, it, it feels a little bit like a, you know, hey, look at me, you know, look at us. We're we care about the betterment and how, you know, of, of student athletes and it's all about them. And in reality, uh it's almost more like a PR thing here because most of Clemson's players are out of state. Most of Clemson's players voted Last week, or the week before, the week before that, the week before that. They're done. I mean, they, they've all voted. I, I, I'm not sure Clemson don't have one player on their entire team who actually goes to a poll. These these are college kids, okay? They don't, they're not going home to vote. You know, they, they live in Clemson, but no matter where they're from. So that that's obviously a problem. And uh, now Clemson had to, Clemson's not in any, any way, are they, an advantage or disadvantage from anybody else. Everybody else is having to do this. So I don't think it's ideal. I'm not sure it was a great idea. I, it sounded good on the surface, but I think once we got to this point in the season, you realize it probably wasn't best for the student athletes because now they had to push everything up. And in, in some cases, that could, you know, it, theoretically um, bring injury concerns into play. That being said, though, the Tigers get back to normal tomorrow and get ready for Notre Dame. They'll fly out to South Bend, Indiana on Friday, and it looks like everything will be a go. And who all is on that trip? Who all plays? That's the biggest questions of the week, and that's what I will try to dive into Wednesday's episode after you hear from Clemson head coach Dabo Sweeney because uh, I don't know right now, like, Told you last week, I think Tyler Davis, the defensive tackle, who's so important to this team, will probably play. I, I think they I, I think he probably could have gone against Boston College. I really do. I kind of read between the lines here. I haven't heard anything to dissuade this theory, but I think they just wanted to save him and have him as close to 100 percent and that rolled ankle ready to go for Notre Dame. Because they're going to need him in a really, really big way to stop that Irish run game. He's one of the most important players on the football field, period. When he's out there, it's just different, and everybody notices it, and everybody can see it. And there will no, be no James Skowski behind him. The middle linebacker still out, going to miss multiple weeks with a groin injury that he had to have procedure done for. And then Mike Jones Jr., the talented linebacker who plays that hybrid safety 
linebacker role. I mean, really, if you gave me three players that Clemson couldn't be without on the defensive side of the ball, those would probably be the three that I would pick. Davis, Skowski, and Jones. And it's not because they don't have uh, good people behind them. It's not because they're the most productive players on the defense. It's simply because their roles are hard. Their roles are hard to replace. And you're just taking a little bit of a step down in experience and ability. It's not a huge step, but it's noticeable. I mean, I, I don't think anybody can command double teams on that defensive front the way that Tyler Davis does. And the way that he's instrumental in the in the run game, the way he can push things into the backfield. And now I think James Skowski's the heart and soul of the defense. 100% the heart and soul of this defense. And him not being out there and quarterbacking and, and coaching and being an extension of Venables, this is a fifth-year senior we're talking about. That's a huge loss. You can make up his production. You can't make up all the other things that he brings. And then Mike Jones Jr., do you know how difficult that hybrid role is? It took Dorian O'Daniel like four years to figure it out. It took Isaiah Simmons a long time to figure it out. And now you're putting in Trenton Simpson, who played well on Saturday. He's a true freshman, but he's going to make mistakes in that. Mike Jones has at least been learning it for the last two years and is more equipped to play, and I think he's played extremely well this year. The health of those three guys is going to be paramount in the way this game is played out on Saturday, and so hopefully there's going to be some more clarity. I'll have it for you Wednesday when Coach Winnie addresses the media, get you some updates on where those guys are, and I'll let you know just how close they are to playing and who's going to play. We know Dyskowski won, but it's going to be very important to find out about Davis and Mike Jones Jr. This wraps up the show. Make sure you stay tuned in tomorrow where I will give you those injury updates and we'll take a look more at Clemson and Notre Dame. More about the matchup. Looking forward to getting into that. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, at Brad Sinkup. That's S-E-N-K-I-W. And hit the download button. Hit the subscribe button. Let your friends and your family know all about Locked on Clemson Podcast. Have a great day. Take care. Talk to you tomorrow, Tiger Nation.